at John Prince Park. They are there right now barbecuing and putting all kinds of uh, wonderful uh, meals uh, together. There will be hamburgers and hot dogs and all kinds of dishes that are being brought, plenty of food. We want you to come. We want you to uh, be a part of it. And we are so thankful that you are here uh, with us here today. So this is pastors up in his uh, purple and gold sneakers. And LSU. I was going to try to keep it out of the context, but since someone yelled it out, I guess I'll just have to go ahead and brag on it. A little tiger, tiger sneaker. So if I run around and growl a little bit today, you know, I just got that old, that old spirit there going on. We're going to have a wonderful time in the Word. We're going to be teaching or sort of preaching of what we call treaching uh, here this morning on what I consider to be absolutely the foundation of Christianity, the foundation of serving God, and that is understanding who He is, understanding that there is only one of Him. Tell your neighbor, there's only one God. Find somebody else and tell him He's only got one name. And the greatest thing you can do is find out what that name is. And the next greatest thing you can do is be buried in that name for the remission of your sins. What a wonderful, mighty God we serve. I believe that the Lord has brought you here today not to eat chicken after service, but to have a meal from His Word right here, right now. The Lord has come to minister and speak to you. I met this beautiful lady and her daughter. They were coming in before service, uh, Miss Juliet, and, and she was just expressing to me her hunger for God to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to baptize her in the wonderful name of Jesus after service today. God's going to fill her with his power. The Lord wants to give himself to you much more than you are desiring to have him, I promise you. The Lord has wonderful things for you today, wonderful things uh, that he wants to give. The Bible says he gives gifts unto men, and he wants to bless you to all of our guests. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. We had a wonderful um, new member orientation today as well. About 15 or 20 in there, pastor got to meet them, hear some incredible stories of how they uh, became members uh, here of the church, and we're just so thankful for what uh, the Lord is doing. Malachi chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse number 10. Have we not all one Father? And brother, who's doing the computer back there? Brother Edward, I apologize for not getting this out. There's going to be a lot of scripture uh, today. Do your best to follow me. If you can't, get every other one. We'll be fine. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why, the prophet asked the question, why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother? How is that, Malachi? What are, what are you talking about? By profaning the covenant of our fathers. So what is that covenant? The covenant that has been made with man from the beginning of time is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. Thou shalt worship him and him only shalt thou praise. 
shalt thou serve only him. Everybody say one God. One name. We're going to teach on that here today by the help of the Lord. You get a hold of this, it'll change your life, change your family, and it'll put the power of God in you. Let's put our Bibles down. Father, we come to you. I need you, God. Touch my mind, my heart. Touch my spirit. Help me to minister today from the Word of God. I pray that every ear would hear. I pray that every mind would understand. That every heart would become fertile ground to receive the seed of the word of God. That it might take root and grow. Oh Lord, we need you today. We call upon you, sweet Jesus. Move amongst us with your glory. Show forth your power in this place today. Transform lives. Oh Lord, we pray by your spirit. And we ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we? Can we put our hands together and give a Holy Ghost hand clap unto the Lord? Come on, let's praise Him for a moment. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. Hallelujah. We exalt you today. We bless you today. Somebody send up a praise. Send up a praise to that mighty God. Glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. He's the first. He's the last. He's the beginning. He's the ending. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lamb of God. Oh, yes, he is. He's wonderful. He's my savior he's my deliverer he's my hope I trust in him he's the way the truth and the life oh Jesus we serve you we exalt you we bless you can you shout hallelujah what a great great God we serve Lord bless you you may be seated we live in a religious generation today where people are taking this vital, important, foundation subject and just sort of casting it off to the side like they do so many other things in the Word of God. What I have found in my life for living for the Lord, including myself, is that those things that I seem to push aside or those things that I don't want to correct Dan. I don't want to fix this boy. I don't want to line up this boy with the Word of God. And so all of a sudden, maybe that part of the Word isn't as important as the other part. Or it really doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you do believe. But friend, I'm here to tell you, it does matter how and what and in whom we believe. And if the Word says it, it's, it's this old boy that needs to fix it not the word the word doesn't change it's infallible it's the same yesterday today and forever it'll always be as it is written God himself said heaven and earth will pass away but his word it is forever written in heaven The word doesn't change, we change, and we need to line, get back in line with that word. And there is a truth, many truths, but the truth that we're going to speak about here today, this is something that it is so important each and every one of us get a hold of. It is not something that really doesn't matter. The Bible tells us right here that understanding that God is one is a very important covenant that God made. The very fact that one 
one would treat this subject in a trivial manner. Let's just know the lack of knowledge and relationship that you would have with the Father. Because if you had that relationship with the Father, you would want to know who He is. Paul the Apostle said, I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. I want to know Him in the suffering of His affliction, in the suffering of His fellowship. Wherever it is, however it is, whatever it may be, I want to know Him. Our opinion of who the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is very, very, very important. Understanding who he is, understanding this revelation is I cannot begin to explain how you must open your mind and heart today and say I need to grasp what the word of God says about him. Look at John chapter 8 and verse 21. Then Jesus said again unto them, I go my way, and ye seek me, and ye shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. Verse 22, then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, ye cannot come. Verse 23, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath, but I am from above. Ye are of the world, but I am not of this world. And I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Pray tell somebody, tell me please, explain to me that it's not important to understand who Jesus is. That it's not important to get this revelation of who he is, why he came, who he wants to be to you. He said if you don't know who I am, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. I do not want to die in my sins. I want to know him. I want to die in his grace. I want to die in his love. I want to die buried by his blood. I want to be covered by his mercy. Oh, I wish I had some help up in here today. I love verse number 25. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? At least they got a revelation. Because he just said to them, Unless you know who I am, you will die in your sins. At least they got enough of a revelation to stop whatever they were doing. To stop trying to trick him. To stop trying to manipulate him. And to look up at him and say, Who then art thou? And Jesus said unto them, What a powerful answer. Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. It was God's way of saying, I stand in your presence today, manifested in the flesh, but I have not changed. I'm the same God that I was in Genesis 1 and 1 in the beginning. God, somebody shout it out in the beginning. Shout God. God. 
Who are you? I'll tell you who I am. I'm the same God from the beginning. I'm the same God I was in the tabernacle. I'm the same God I was when crossing the Red Sea. I'm the same God that was in the times of the temple, in the time of the ark, in the time of the sacrifice. And now I'm here today as prophesied of the prophets who have spoken to me, who would come in the last days as your Messiah who would die on a cross and shed my blood that you might be redeemed. I am the same God. Everybody say covenant. This isn't some trivial thing to just think about. To just consider it is the most powerful foundational covenant that God has ever made with man. That I am God and I am God alone. That there is not another beside me. Not one before me, after me. Not one coming later. No, he said in another place, if there's another God, I do not know him. The first commandment, everything that followed was based upon it when the great Ten Commandments were handed into the hands of Moses on the forms of tablets of stone. And he made his way down from the Mount of uh, Mount Moriah. And he gets, uh, uh, and he gets down uh, in, into the presence uh, of the people. And in there, he begins to speak to them. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse number 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, thou shalt have. No other gods before me. It was the very first commandment given. Why? Because if you don't get this, nothing else matters. If you don't get this, everything else you believe will be built upon a false false premises. Everything else that you are able to conjure up in God's word will not be stable. It will be on shifting sand because everything's built on the fact that there is no other God and we cannot have another God before him. He called it the covenant of our fathers, Exodus 34 and 10. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. Watch this. Nor any nation and all the people among which are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with you. Verse 11, Observe you that which I command you this Day, behold, I will drive out uh, before you the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, but the Perizzite, uh, the Hevite, the Jebusite. Verse twelve: Take heed uh, to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. And if you do that, you're going to go after their gods. No wonder God said, "Come out from among them and be you separate, and I will receive you unto myself." There's a reason we preach. Separation. There's a reason we preach come out because God knows our nature. If you don't come out, you will make a covenant with them and you will serve their God. Oh, I wish I had some help up in the house. (laughs) 
Don't you dare make a covenant with this world, he said. Verse 13, but you shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves. You shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. And they go whoring after their gods and do sacrifices to their gods. And one call you and you eat of their sacrifice. God said, come out, come out, come out, come out. Separate yourself unto me. Love me and love me only. Pursue me and pursue me only. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. You can't pursue other things without making a covenant with them. This is what is called the problem in baptism. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this here today. The reason why we have a problem with baptism today and people think they ought to be baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost when Jesus never commanded that. He said to do it in the name, and we may get to this later, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. There's a name. You got to find out what the name is. You don't have to read very far in the Word of God to find out because it's quickly revealed when Peter says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. We'll deal with that. But here's the problem when you make covenants with other gods. It's what happens when, when the council of Nicaea and a little bit before then. But when all men got together who did not have the Holy Ghost. Who were not led by the spirit of truth. And they tried to figure out this word with carnal minds. And they walked away with three gods. And they said if we're going to have three gods we got three covenants. And if we're going to have three covenants we got to make sure we get them all. When we have the, with the covenant of baptism. Because that's what baptism is. You are covenant with God. He said, therefore, we must have all three of them in that. No, 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 no. There's only one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the only God you'll ever see. He's the only God you'll ever know. He's the God that came in the flesh, died on the cross, resurrected his body, dwells in that body. Today, he sits on the throne. He is the Almighty. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is it all you begin to read in the Old Testament let me tell you something right now one thing you don't want to mess with is trying to divide God he said I will not give my glory to another I will not give my glory to another. I am God, and I am God alone. You get in there and start trying to divide all this up and separate this and mess with this, and you end up with man-made titles like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Those titles do not exist in the Word of God. There's only one God. He's God the Father, the Creator. There's only one Son. God the Father conceived in Mary. Flesh was born. Flesh was never God. 
flesh was the sacrifice, the Lamb of God. Even Jesus himself said, he said, without the Father, I can do nothing. I am who I am because of the Father. He's not a God separate from the Father. He's God because of the Father. The Father dwells in him without any limit. Therefore, Jesus was able to say, I am. He wasn't talking about his flesh. He was talking about the God that dwelled in him. He said, I am. And watch this. Every time somebody messed with him and began to try to glorify the flesh, one of them said, oh, thou good master. He knew that man's heart. He knew he was talking about the man he saw, the flesh he was dealing with. He said, why callest thou me good? There's only one good. And that's the Father that is in heaven. Don't call this flesh good. Don't call me good. Don't trust in flesh. This old flesh is going to die on a cross for your sins one day. You need to know who the Father is. You need to know who the Creator is. Somebody shout one God. Joshua chapter 23 verse number 16. Lord help me get through this. When you have transgressed what the covenant are we up there yet Joshua 23 16 when you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God which he commanded you ye have gone and served other gods you have bowed yourself to them. Then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you. And you shall perish quickly from off the good land which he giveth unto you. Nothing stirs up God more than when you try to share his glory. I want to talk to you a little bit about relationships, not deities. And this is where people get a little confused sometimes. Let's deal with a few things that confuses us. And, and, uh, and by the way, usually confusion, people that are confused are people who are trying to see truth through uncircumcised eyes. Can I just be honest with you? Can the word be honest with you? 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. Why I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the spirit of, of God called Jesus a curse. If you're speaking in the with the Spirit of God, you're going to know who Jesus is. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to get the Holy Ghost. And I'm not getting off on all of this. I already taught on this, but you need to go back and listen to the... Listen to the message a few Sundays ago. The Holy Ghost is not an option. It is not the icing on the cake. You are none of His without His Spirit. You can't even call Him Lord from the heart with understanding of revelation of who He is unless the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
Because only the Spirit of God can truly give you revelation of who He is. No wonder we live in such a mixed up religious world. Because the religious world has done away with the infilling of the power of the Holy Ghost. There's only a hand few left that preach today. You can be filled with God's Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There's not many left. No wonder all these crazy doctrines exist. But like Paul the Apostle said when they said we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said then how will you baptize? And you know Acts 19 1 through 6 go read it. Paul was trying to say some things just go together. And one of those things that go together is the infilling of the Holy Ghost and the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, false god worship. We know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. For though there, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but unto us there is but one God. This God is the Father, watch, of whom, everybody say, of whom, are all things. And we, everybody say, in Him. Now watch Paul establish relationships here. He does not establish separate gods. Paul the Apostle already said twice in these scriptures that there is but one God. But he goes on to say, one Lord Jesus Christ. Watch the difference. He doesn't say of whom. He says by whom. You see the difference? And are all things, watch this. And he doesn't say in him. Like he did the Father. He says, and we by him. What's Paul establishing? He is establishing that there is only one God. That God created us. That we are in him. He created us. He fills the universe. But that God came in the flesh. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. John chapter 1 verse 14. And many other places that the word of God talks about it. He came in the flesh. And in the flesh, watch. As the Father, he created us in him. But as Lord... The flesh, the Son of God, He saved us by Him. He is preaching to the church. This is uh, Him talking to the church of Corinth. He said, you need to understand something. As God, He created us. But as the Messiah, He bought us. Yeah. Watch. As God in him, excuse me, as God of him and who are things we are in him, but as Messiah by him, 
bought by him and all things, and we are by him. Bought, purchased by him, the Messiah. Not two gods. He's just showing that the great God of heaven came down and lived as a human and shed his blood that you and I might be purchased but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you'll look at that and say, see, there's a God and there's a Lord. That word Lord there, friend, when you look up, when you go into uh, its root meaning, it's Yahweh, it's Jehovah, it's Master, it's the Almighty, it's the first and the last. If you're going to separate right there from God the Father, you have two gods. But Paul establishes from the beginning, there is only one God, I want you to understand, Paul says, what I'm about to tell you. I'm not forming two gods. I want you to understand how great your God is. That he didn't just sit up on a throne somewhere and enjoy the celestial heavens. He came down the earth, robed himself in flesh, became your master in the flesh, became your Lord in the flesh. Then he served you by dying on the cross. He made us, then he bought us. Come on, somebody. He expresses this again in Ephesians, Ephesians 4 and 4. Are you staying with me? There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling. I want to talk to you about relationships. I want you to understand the relationships to you from this one God. How many gods is there? How do you know that? Oh, the Bible. The Bible, one of those references that you read, the eternal truth. Watch this. There is one body. Say one body. Oh, my Lord, I could spend an hour right there, but I'm not. Everybody say one spirit. And this is what these people have to deal with. The Father is the spirit. The Bible tells us that no man has ever seen God. But then they want to separate the Holy Ghost and make him a whole other person, yet he is a spirit. And so now you got God the Father and God the Holy Ghost according to them, not according to Scripture. And you have two separate spirits. But the Bible makes it very plain. No, 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 no. There's only one spirit. So whether I'm talking about the Father or whether I'm talking about Christ in you or God in you or the Holy Ghost in you or the Spirit in you, however I say it, it doesn't matter. It's the one spirit. I forget I'm preaching to a bunch of theologians, but just act like you're getting revelation. There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Everybody say hope. Ephesians 4 and 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now watch, it's relationship. Ephesians 4 and 6, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, they'll try to take this and divide this up into three separate gods. No, there is only one God. But there are relationships. I'm going to prove it to you from the, from the scripture. Ephesians 4 and 4, Paul says it is the spirit that calls you. 
John 6, 44, no man cometh to me, Jesus speaking, except the Father which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day, the Father being the Spirit. Now, how do we know that the Spirit is the Father? Because Jesus was conceived by the Spirit hovering over Mary, Matthew 1 and 18, and if you're going to go call God, God the Father, He's Father of something. And since the Bible tells us it was the Holy Ghost that conceived in Mary, God must be the Holy Ghost. He's the Father. Now watch. He deals with Lord. Lord. What two items does he put with Lord? Faith and baptism. Why? He's dealing with Lord. His, his humanity that came to this earth and sacrificed that you and I might have remission of sin. That was done, that was done through the Lordship when he reigned or came here to this earth. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Everybody says, see, there's two. What? What part of one God do you not get? For there is one God. That must mean that the mediator he's talking about is not a God. That's why he calls him the man Christ Jesus. The mediator is Calvary. Every time you sin, listen, every time you sin by covenant from the book of Genesis, you should die. But when the hand of judgment would come down and take the spirit of life out of you because of sin, Calvary mediates. The man Christ steps in between and the blood covers you. And now God no longer sees sin, but he sees one of his sons. He sees a child reaching out to him for mercy and for love. religious world would have you believe that this is one God mediating between another God and man. That's foolishness. There is only one God. The man Christ Jesus, he says. Let's continue. Look at James chapter 2, verse number 19. Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. For the devils also believe and tremble. Now I want you to hear what I'm about to say real carefully. The devil believes there's one God. TJ, straighten up. Why does the devil believe there's one God? He's been there. You haven't. He was there. He saw the one throne. He know who sits upon that throne. He was thrown out of heaven by that one God. Oh, that was so weak. You're so weak today. You know what happens? You know what happens? Pastor gets up here and begins to preach subjects like this straight out of the word of God using nothing but scripture. And because there were people in here that God is trying to reach because they have been deceived by false prophets. 
who are preaching to tickle people's ears so that they can get money from them. Today, some, some people are sitting in the congregation right now who is hearing the voice of a man who does not fear their face, nor is he interested in their pocketbook. And the only thing he cares about is for them to hear truth and that that truth is one God. Now listen, they come in here a little confused, hearing something, Brother Morio, maybe for the first time. And so it can produce a spirit of confusion. And instead of the rest of us that have this revelation, worshiping and overcoming that spirit that Satan's trying to bring into the congregation, we submit to it. And we let the devil speak to us, our minds and our spirits, and begin to receive things and begin to wonder and question rather than glorifying God because of this incredible revelation that he gave you when he filled you with his power and baptized you in his name. Turn to your neighbor and say, one God. If thou believest there's one God, thou do as well. The devil's also believed. <laughs> yeah, he's been there. Zechariah 14 and 9, and the Lord, everybody say one name. Now listen, if there's one God, there must be one name. If there's more than one name, then we might go with the one God thing. I mean, the multiple God thing, right? I mean, then again, I don't know. I have three, Daniel, Roger, Ryan. But anyway, one name. Zechariah 14 and 9. Watch, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day, there shall be one Lord, revelation of who he is, and his name one. That word Lord there means the self-existent one, the eternal one, the great I am, Yahweh, or as you and I would say in English, Jehovah. Now watch, let's... Talk about this name of this one God. Now, this is important. Look how Isaiah describes this one God that has one name. For unto us a child is born. Everybody say Jesus. Unto us a son is given. Everybody say Jesus. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Watch now. And his Name, everybody say singular, one name, shall be called. Now, now Isaiah says there's only one name, but that name is wonderful. That name is counselor. Watch, watch, watch. That name is the mighty God. Here it is, here it is. That name is the everlasting Father. Wait, 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 wait. That name is the Prince of Peace. 1,700 years before Jesus ever showed up, 
Isaiah had a revelation in the last days. God the Father is going to have a son. And he's going to be called the Son of God. And one day he's going to pour out something called the Holy Ghost. But the name is the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that name is? What's his name? Isn't it amazing when you get into the Word of God and you realize truth and you see truth? Revelations chapter 1 tells us that Jesus Christ is the Almighty. Revelations 1 and 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Saith the Lord, which is, which is to come. Huh? Which was, which is to come. The Almighty. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me but by the Father. Verse number 7, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him, and you have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. It's a suffice of us. And Jesus saith unto him, have I so long time been with you, yet thou, hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest then, thou showest the Father? Because Isaiah said, that name I'm talking about, it's the name of the Father. He's going to be the Father in the flesh. That name I'm talking about, it's the name that's going to be given to that son that's going to come upon this earth. He's going to be the Messiah and he's going to be the sacrifice. That name that I'm talking about, it's going to be the name of that spirit that's going to come back and dwell in you after the ascension and resurrection of your Messiah. Oh, yes, but it's only one name. Prince of Peace, John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Watch this, for he dwelleth with you, Jesus with you, and shall be speaking of the spirit. Romans 8 and 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Matthew 1, 21 tells us as we read on through to Verse number 23, 1, 2, and 3. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and thy name, his name shall be called what? Which is being interpreted as what? God with us. Did we get it up there quick enough? Yes. Emmanuel, God with us. Everybody say one name. So when Jesus said in Matthew 20 to 19, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Pray tell me why a prophet 1,700 years before Christ was ever born had the revelation that that name was one. And people today who supposedly know him, study him, and learn about him can't figure out that what Jesus was saying right here in Matthew 28, 19, when you're being buried in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, he means the name of Jesus. And that is the reason the disciples, they didn't disobey God. They didn't shove off what God said. They understood God. Luke chapter 24, verses 43 through 47. The Bible says he opened up the understanding of the disciples that they might understand the scripture. They understood Matthew 28, 19. And when they baptized, they did exactly what Isaiah said. They did exactly what Jesus said. And they baptized in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Colossians 3 and 17. Everything you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Put your hands together for the glory of the Lord.
everybody bears his name. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees to the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. They say, well, just there's two there. He's talking about the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, because God was the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he didn't father another God. He fathered flesh. Jesus was the Lord upon this earth. God manifested in flesh. He fathered the flesh. That's why Paul goes ahead in verse number 15 and says, we're all named after him. How do you get named after him? You get named after him through baptism in his name. When you were buried in the name of Jesus Christ, you take on the name and you become a part of the family of God. Acts 4 and 12, for neither is, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I love this. Paul the apostle on his way to Damascus, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? 9 and 4, Acts 9 and 4. And then in verse number 5, and he said, who art thou, Lord? Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got to understand who's talking here. This is the guy that's been going around killing Jews who had become Christians. Because as far as Paul the Apostle was concerned, they had betrayed his God, Jehovah, Yahweh. They had betrayed, they had become a heretic that they would dare serve another God. This God they called Jesus. He, be, he was so furious. He got court orders from the Sanhedrin court, and he would go in. And I did some studying on this. You know, the Bible doesn't go into a whole lot of detail on this, but some verses kind of hint to it. But Paul the apostle would break into homes and drag families out into the street. And if they did not confess that they were wrong and deny Jesus Christ, he would execute their children in the street and demand that the parents, and then he would kill the children. He wasn't messing around. This dude was serious about his God. So when Paul the apostle said, who art thou, Lord? He wasn't talking about some little extra God that might be floating around in the universe. He was, he was talking to his one God, Yahweh. And he said, but who are you? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus, whom thou, watch me, whom thou persecutest. You have come against me, Paul. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now look at verse 9 and 6, the very first part of verse 9 and 6. And he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord. Now it's the second part that's more powerful than the first. The first part, he said, who art thou, Lord? Probably expecting, I am Yahweh. Kill them Jews. Go, Paul. Go, Paul. Go, Paul. But that's not what he heard. He heard, I am Jesus. And you've been persecuting me. It's the second part that's amazing. It's in verse 6. First part, he said, who art thou, Lord? After Jesus reveals himself in verse 6, 
Paul still calls him Lord. And trembling and astonished said, Lord. <laughs> you know, the name Jesus just simply means Yahweh, salvation, Jehovah become my salvation. However, you want to put it there. God didn't change his name. Music, if you'll come. Look, we're going to be playing around all rest of the day. So you can let me preach to you a little while, right? I haven't been preaching very long. What time I get to pulpit? Okay, so 45 minutes. Something like that. Paul the Apostle, listen. I want you to follow me with this. Paul the Apostle, who was killing Christians because they were calling Jesus their Messiah, their God was now on his face. He was calling, they were calling Christ the Messiah. They were calling Christ their God. Paul was now on his face looking up to Jesus and saying, Lord. Now watch. Paul the Apostle did not get a revelation that there was another God. And that Jesus was the second person in the Godhead. He called Jesus Lord. He was calling him Jehovah, Yahweh, the only God that ever existed, the eternal God. Paul never changed his mind about there being one God. How do I know that? Romans 3 and 30, Romans 10 and 12, 1 Corinthians 8, chapter 4, uh, chapter 8, verses 4 through 6, Galatians chapter 3, verse 20, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. And every one of those instances and many, many more, Paul says one God. One God. There's only one God. And I want to finish with this. Everybody say there's only one person. Because this, this is where the greatest deception comes from. They try to divide the Godhead and say there are three persons. And you need to take the time to go read the definition of the Trinity. Three persons who all have their separate deity Separate personality, separate name, everything about them is separate. They are three distinct individuals, persons, and they are all three totally equal. But that is not what the Word of God teaches. The Bible teaches there is only one God who is undivisible. Cannot, he cannot be divided. He cannot be separated. He will share his glory with no one. And that one God came to this earth in the form of flesh. First Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. For God was manifested in the flesh. He came to this earth in the flesh. And that flesh died and shed its blood for me and you. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter, chapter 1, verse number 19. And in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 19. Verse number 9. Colossians 2 and 9, the Bible says it pleased the Father that the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwell in Jesus Christ. God raised up that body, and when he raised up that body, he took all limits away. All limits away. When Christ was on earth, he said, the only thing I know is what the Father reveals to me. I'm his walking sacrifice. I'm his flesh. I only know what God reveals to me. But after the resurrection, the Father didn't have to reveal anything. He was the Father. All there is and was ever will be of God dwelled in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, I want to show you something. God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us, how? By his son. 
So in the Old Testament, God the Father spoke to the world through the prophets. But in the New Testament, he spoke to us through his son, his flesh, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, now watch, who be in the brightness of his glory, here it is, and the express image of his person. Whose person? God's. There's only one person. Watch me. Jesus was not the second person in the Godhead. Jesus, according to the Bible, was the personage of God. He was God in person. That's all that means. He was the image, which means to be engraven. He was the image of God. The exact duplication of who God was, but in person, in humanity. Upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty of God on high. And people say, well, see, he's separate because he's sitting on the right hand. No, 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 no. Everyone that knows anything about the word of God knows that the right hand simply represents power. Secondly, God is a spirit. He don't have a right hand. He's omnipresent. John 1 and 1. Follow me. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who was Jesus? He was the glory of God in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. He has blinded the minds of this world, lest they get the revelation that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your sake, servants, for Jesus. For God, who commendeth the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts and given the light and the knowledge and the glory of God. How? In the face of Jesus Christ. The only way you and I will ever see God is in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the personage of God. He is the expression of God. He is how God touches you. It's not a separate God. He is God. You're taken away from what he did for you. Colossians 1 and 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of every creature. The image of the invisible God, for we're, for by him, well, watch this, were all things created, and in heaven and all of the earth, invisible and invisible, and every throne, dominion, principality, power, and all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Follow me. And he is the head of the body and the church and who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. That is in all things he might have preeminence. Look at verse number 19. Here it is. See, number verse 19. Watch me. Verse 19 wraps up 14 through 18. 
Because people will look at that and they'll say, well, he created all things. The Bible says in the beginning, God, God created all things. He created all things. So he must be, he must have been with God from the beginning. He was just a separate God. How can the Bible say these things? Because verse number 19 explains verses 14 through 18. How? For it pleased the Father that in him should all dwell, all fullness dwell. The moment Christ came and God stepped in. All that God ever was and all that God ever did and all that God will ever be was through Jesus. The fullness came into him. When the Bible says the fullness came into him, that means every act ever God, God ever did, every word God ever spoke, every creation God ever did, every miracle God ever performed, everything God ever did the fullness of that came into Christ and Christ is now the only God you and I will ever know or ever see. He's God manifested in the flesh. For in Him, chapter 2, verse 9, in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. There has always only been one person in the Godhead Jesus manifested the personage of God to you and I. One God. Why is this important? Because if you don't get this, nothing else matters. And every biblical concept that you try to put together will be built on false a false foundation it is the lack of understanding that there is only one God and Jesus is his name that has produced false doctrine in this world that is sending most religious people to hell because they never received the revelation of who he is. Now you want to hear something really scary? You have that revelation. You've been filled with his spirit. You know who he is. And that there's only one. What a responsibility you and I have. Listen, not to argue with them. You can't argue God's word. God's, God's word doesn't need you to defend it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't contend for the gospel. That means you stand on truth and don't compromise. But we're not to go around arguing with people. The carnal mind can't receive the things of God anyway. If they haven't received the gift of the Spirit, you're going to have a really difficult time getting them to understand that Jesus is Lord. Because the Bible says you can only call Him Lord by the Spirit of God that dwells in you. So what are we to do? We are to do what Jesus did. You and I are now the image of God for people to see. Paul the Apostle said in another place, you're the, only, you're the only epistle some people will ever read. You're the Bible. And so how you act, how you handle people can make the difference 
on whether they will come to him or not. We are to love them into this truth, not try to condemn them into truth. We are to accept every man and woman as they are, as we were accepted as we were when we came to him. And we are to love them, and we are to let God, let's stand. So we got all these kids coming in, let's just go ahead and stand. Give them, give them free room to roam. Let's worship the Lord. He's so wonderful to speak to us. He's so wonderful to speak to us. Father, we love you. Every mind on the Lord right now. Can we begin to call to the Lord right now? Church, will you do that? Will you stay with Pastor for a few more moments? Come on. We've got people here today that are hungry. If you desire to receive the gift of God's Spirit into your life, will you make your way down to the front right now? Don't be afraid. Just step out from where you are. Just step out and say, I want to know this God. I want to know Him like I've never known Him. If you felt God pull on you, if you felt the Lord speak to you today, will you step out from where you are? Will you make your way down? Would you come? Let's come. Let's come. If you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, I wish you would let me baptize you today. Oh, we'd love to baptize you in that name. The only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Once you step out from where you are, every mind on the Lord. Come on, let's keep praying. Church, let's keep our minds on God. Will you do that? Let's keep praying for a moment. Just keep, keep praying. Keep calling on the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. Church, we need the power of God in this service right now. We need God to move in this place right now. Come on, I lean upon your prayers. I lean upon your focus upon God. Let's come together in spirit. All things together. Come on. Come on, let's keep this thing unified. God is speaking. God is reaching. The Lord has brought revelation into this place. Maybe you're standing next to someone that maybe they just need you to say, hey, let's go pray. Why don't you just say, come on, let's go down. Let's go pray. If you're a guest and you would like to come pray today, we welcome you to come pray in whatever way, whatever manner, whatever method you would like to pray. Just make your way down. Come on, church. Let's come pray. Let's do that. Let's fill the altar. Let's come thank God for this revelation. 
Let's come thank God for the revelation. The revelation that there is one God. The revelation that He is Almighty. He is the Creator. He is the Redeemer. The revelation that He is Lord. Oh, we serve you. We serve you. We serve you. We glorify your name, God. We glorify your name. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Tell it wonderful. You are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful. You are wonderful, Lord. Hallelujah. 